Well, it's no secret New South Wales is the pokey capital of Australia, if not the world, according to the Wesley Mission. Poker machine losses in the electorates of the state Premier, Deputy Premier and the Opposition Leader total more than $4 million a week, and that's in a cost-of-living crisis. No wonder, then, there's gambling reform at the top of the agenda ahead of next month's state election. Today, Premier Dominic Perrette uh, doubled down his promise to get cash out of the clubs and his cabinet approving a transition to cashless gaming within five years and banning clubs from making political donations. Take a listen. We're going to fix problem gambling in this state, which is a scourge on our society. The sign of any good society is how it treats its most vulnerable people. And we have vulnerable people from the early morning in pubs, in clubs, putting life savings down poking machines. Well, Richard Errington is the CEO of West HQ, the state's largest club. Welcome to the program, Richard. Do you support the Premier's push for cashless gaming? Oh, absolutely, 100%. I thought his presentation was thorough, it was measured, it's appropriate, and uh, we're, we've, we've always been in support of cashless gaming and gaming, gaming reform. Under the plan, people set their own gambling limits. Mm. Is that enough to curb problem gambling in your view? I think it's a start. I think that's getting into the detail um, and there's a lot of detail that's yet to be resolved. I think what's um, outstanding is that the industry or the government's taking a stand to form cashless gaming, which will make an initial impact. And then as they reform the detail, whether it's uh, self-regulated caps or other forms of technology, which the technology hasn't been developed yet, will roll out. But it's just such a great sign and signal that they're committed to this. So I think it's a great decision um, and the detail will be worked out in due course. Do you think this is a policy decision that you'd think the opposition leader, Chris Minns, should commit to as well? Oh, absolutely. I I think um, let's let's go back to where this all started. And it started with Crown Casino, then it flowed through to Star Casino, then the Crime Commission – and pubs and clubs were next. So I think regardless of whichever government's in, that that uh, cashless gaming and gaming reform needs to happen, and it will happen, and thankfully the Premier has taken that, that stance immediately and put, he, put himself out there and actually put a plan out there. And how fabulous is that? He's put a plan with a time frame, which is great for organisations like us to work towards. So if you've long supported these reforms, why did it take the state government stepping in to force you to do them? I mean, you also mentioned the rolling levels of inquiry in other gambling venues in this state. Is your concern mainly about uh, oncoming regulation or inquiry or, or is it actually for problem gamblers themselves? Well, I think since 2012, gaming reform was inevitable in whatever form. And harm minimisation progressively has has become a topic. Now there's been money laundering as a topic and then um, another topic has been that poker machines are used for crime, for cash being used and, and gambled. And there's been various steps and stages. Um, the difficulty with this is that for organisations, look, we've got the second largest installation of poker machines in the state. Um, the difficulty is, is that the technology to go cashless doesn't exist and we need that technology to be able to initiate that. And so for organisations like ourselves to implement this prior, it just, it just couldn't happen. 
Have you done any modelling to inform how this will impact your bottom line as a club? Yes, we have. Um, uh, some time ago, we've done the modelling on this, but with cashless directly, yeah, we 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 take the view that um, the first year of implementation there'll be about a thirty percent decline. Um, decline in, in, in profit or in gambling? In profit. No, in profit. So it has a more exponential effect at the top line, but 30% drop initially. Um, and then it's our estimate that 50% of that will recover within 12 months and there will be a life cycle of five years before it reestablishes to where it, were, where it was. And where did, I come, where did we come up with that type of um, strategy was that when back in 2007 uh, non-smoking uh, was introduced into clubs and pubs, that was if that was the effect it took then. It was a five-year recovery period. It changed people's behaviour, changed people's habits. Um, but that's what we envisaged as a thirty percent reduction to our EBITDA or our profit. Um, and we've since two thousand and twelve been looking because we knew this was going to happen. Looking at other ways and means to be able to offset gaming and not make gaming our our primary concern, but a secondary concern. Well, one of those offsets, surely, for your business would be uh, the lobby uh, suggesting that these new forms of technology be funded by the state government. Uh, Will you or your clubs be seeking to have a say on these caps? I mean, what what should the cap be? The cap being on, beg your pardon, on what, on on the minimum regulation cap? The the individual gambling limits. Um, I think that'll be to, to... Define one number and think it will stay that one number through a period of time, I think would be uh, foolish. Whatever that number may be, the technology will be able to be flexed. In other words, let's say they, and I think he said today that he can, you put a cap for seven days and you can't amend your cap for seven days without putting a dollar figure on that. It, that will change both the dollar figure and the period of time because the technology will be able to flex that and be regulated. So it's not a one-stop solution. There's variations that can occur as the technology and as gaming reform continues to progress. This is only the first step. As we've all watched on, Club New South Wales has been very aggressive in its opposition to cashless gaming. You quit Clubs New South Wales two years ago. Why? We didn't believe... We didn't have the similar vision and values. They didn't align... Um, they, they're effectively a gaming lobbyist and I think you can see that from today's behaviour, whereas, in fact, they should be an industry representative of both all clubs, communities, staff, employees on all issues, whereas they've been focused and they've not been visionary or forward-thinking in the fact that there will be reform and technology and how can clubs prepare for these changes they're not a solution based they're rather a problem based organization and their bullish approach and their approach to to government is just not conciliatory it's more of an aggression and an entitlement and we don't operate that way and hence why we're prepared to come out and say we support the government 100 percent. we'd be the first to implement this and we believe their measures are responsible you know it's a, an ability for the industry to reset calm down and let's look for the future as to the true role of clubs and pubs, and that is community assets, well, not the gaming dens. 
the appointment of a new uh, head of Clubs New South Wales will certainly uh, help to do that reset. We'll have to leave it there. Richard Errington is the CEO of West HQ. Appreciate your time this afternoon. You're welcome. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.